1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Idleman Unplugged. This episode features a recent interview of Pastor Shane on his 40 day fast by famous Christian YouTuber Isaiah Saldivar. We hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged.
2: Please help me welcome all my guests, Shane Idleman. Shane Idleman,
0: yeah. Pastor Shane, how are you doing? It's great to be here and I just I just like the video. There so you go man. To, to, you motivated me to like that video.
2: There you go, man. Hey, I'm so glad that you're on tonight. Good I'm to super here. excited. You know, I just want to say this. I don't say this often with guests, but I just feel a Holy Spirit anticipation so strong tonight. I really believe the power of God, the presence of God, is already moving. I have an expectation yeah. that God desires to move. I know that you are a revivalist. I know, you know, we have the things you've done, but above that, you are a revivalist. Your father, your pastor, your husband. Um, you're really trailblazing over there, and I really appreciate you. I'm excited to have you on. I want you just to feel the freedom, the liberty, and and just how whatever you want to share. I would love kind of like what we do on the show is when we have a new guest on kind of our uh, tradition is to have them share their testimony. So okay. I would love if you would just start out by uh, sharing your testimony, who you are, what you're doing, and then we can kind of jump into some of the content tonight.
0: Yeah, I can give you the abridged version because the, the testimony is fairly long and people can obviously listen to it on YouTube. Uh, but it's a typical prodigal son story, you know, left the Lord around 1516 and just uh, fell into the wrong crowd and wandered from God, chased everything but God and succeeded financially, but failed relationally with God. Mm. And and through a series of events, God just broke me and humbled me and broke me and humbled me. And, and I came out of that just just crying out to God, Lord, you know, save me, set me free. I've, I've done so much damage. And then he gave me a passion and a boldness for his word, unlike anything I've ever felt before. And a lot of people would call this, you know, the, 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 the debate over the baptism of the spirit, the unction of the spirit, the filling of the spirit, the bottom line is you better have it. You know, I don't care Come what on. you call it. I, I don't care what you call it. You better have it. And so I believe this mighty filling of the Holy spirit came upon me. And uh, that, that was life-changing at age 29. And, and uh, people have been labeling me revivalist, you know, for a while. And I, I, you know, it's just really a passion that God has given me, and he gives people different passions for different things. And I started to read about uh, the revivals in Wells in the 1700s and, and Duncan Campbell and, and New Hebrids and uh, Evan Roberts and Welsh Revivals, First Great Awakening, Second Great Awakenings. I had journals. I, my heart beats for revival because it's our only hope. Come on. It's our only. It's our only hope for this nation. Uh, as much as I think we should be involved, we should vote, we should put people in positions of office. Uh, but our hope is not in that. Our hope. Our hope is in God bringing another spiritual awakening. Oh God, would you rend the heavens, come down and and let the mountains shake at your presence again. And and all revivals, every single revival I've studied, I've read hundreds of them. They didn't start with preaching, and I love preaching. I, we have to have sound theology and the power of the Holy Spirit. But they start in the prayer closet. Yes. They they start where men and women are broken before God. They're desperate. And that's where fasting comes into the play. Fasting is exchanging a good appetite for a greater appetite. And Lord, I am so desperate. Like Joel, call a fast, call a sacred assembly, sound the alarm. Sound the alarm. This is serious. Come into God's house and call a fast. Ezra called a fast for protection. Nehemiah was in much fasting. Esther fasted. Moses fasted. Jesus fasted and came out in the fullness of the spirit. Paul was in much fasting. Uh, the early church fathers, even the didache or Diocte, whatever you want to pronounce it, they would have fasting before a person would be baptized. And, and so anytime I talk on the subject, you know, people get convicted because King's Stomach is is on the throne, Go live ahead. and well Come on. and well in America. And so our problem isn't too much fasting. Our problem is is too much consumption, but we don't want to make it, you know, people say, well, Shane, that's based. It, it's, it's like, you can't bend God's arm. No, but it bends my knee. Mm. You know, God, God doesn't, I don't, God doesn't love me more, but I sure love him more because I'm starving the flesh. The the thing that gets us into this trouble, you're starving this flesh. And I think one thing we're going to talk about is I went on a 40 day fasting journey and I ignored it for many, many years uh, probably five years, I'm like, you've got to be crazy. And, and 40 I mean, days, it's, it's I mean, I would Lord show me if this is you and he had to give me like 10 different confirmations, you know, <laughs> obviously, the word of God is confirmation, but I would just read fa- Jesus fasted, And then I talked about and then they called the fast in, in Hezekiah's day and then it, just all over the place. I'd open up books and they would talk about and um, and just see scriptures. And Lord is just just really impressing on my heart. And uh, I do have a background in health and fitness, so I know how fasting works with keto the ketogenic diet and and ketosis and and how your body is with autophagy and apotopsis, uh getting rid of cancer and all the the different stem cells research and so i know fasting is actually very healthy and the reason it's it's really 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 hard you want to know why fasting is so hard Mm. it's not the food necessarily it's coming off of all of our addictions
2: yes come on
0: i mean when you're trying to come off of caffeine nicotine processed foods food coloring food chemicals sugar you're withdrawing, and so we blame the fasting instead of blaming the addiction. And so, anyway, that's that's my my story in a nutshell. God just gave me this this revival fire, and uh, I, I barely graduate high school. I have dyslexia, learning disability, um, and so these books really came from God, God taking. Let me let me just confound the wise. Okay, there's Come no on. degree there's no degree. There's just barely high school education. Let this guy can't even spell. He can't even write well. He can't even speak well. Let me let it's actually 12 books. Now I've, I've written wow. and, and, but it's, it's just so funny because I shouldn't be writing books. My mom helped me the first couple of books. I mean, major editing major, but to give that voice and, and God's put a deep. And the reason though, I think is a lot of this stuff will keep you humble. You know, that mm. limp, that, that, that thorn in the flesh and, and you can't rest on a degree, you can't rest on great oratory abilities and, and speaking abilities, you have to rest on God and God alone, and you step up to that pulpit with the fire of God being preached, and that's where lives are radically changed. So the more we submit to that, that that heart of God, and, and I just re, look, I mean, you have kids as well like for a beautiful family. And what are we leaving them? Come I mean, on. are we just, just going to get on Facebook and post all these memes and and then just get all upset and in your face and, and, and chiding brothers and brother shooting brothers, sisters shooting brother? When are we going to actually put it into practice? God said, if my people, not Washington, not Come Hollywood, not, not Sacramento, if my people humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, and then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. And, you know, people do say, well, Shane, that's not for us today. And true contextually, it was dealing with the nation of Israel. But are you telling me that if America or at least the remnant humbles themselves and pray and fast and turns from their wicked ways that God's not going to hear that cry? He's absolutely going to hear their cry because he hears the cries of his children. If you seek me with all of your heart, you're going to find me. I think maybe even a lot of your listeners, maybe need to take that step of full surrender. That's the that's the difference. You can't partially serve God. Uh, He's not he's, he's not a savior on Sunday, but you don't really know him on Monday. It's this all consuming passion. It's a fully surrendered life being emptied of self and filled mightily with the Holy Spirit.
2: So good, man. You were on fire. I love it. I don't want to stop you there. You're on a roll. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking back when you were talking about revival, starting in prayer. prayers. Maybe you don't know too much of my story, but I don't share it too much. I probably need to share it more. But in 2011, I was an atheist, got radically saved. And basically, the first thing God said was, you know, pray an hour a day. I, my response was, I don't know how to pray. And God's mm-hmm. response was, I'll teach you to pray. And I think for so long, we've leaned on other people to teach us what the Holy Spirit says He'll teach us. And yeah. we you know, prayer is not automatic. Prayer is learned. The disciples said, Teach us to pray and in that time the Holy Spirit began to not only teach me to pray and again I've only shared this once or twice, but the Holy Spirit actually taught me to preach as well. You could ask my mom. This is on record for months. I would wake up in the middle of the night, standing up in my room, Mm -hmm. mind you, I'm an atheist a month ago, standing Mm -hmm. up in my room, preaching like full on messages in my room. And this is almost every night I woke up on the floor. I would stand up in my room in the middle of the night, preach, preach, preach. And then I guess just fall asleep and land on the floor. But I, for months woke up on the floor and it sounds crazy to believe, but the Holy Spirit taught me to preach. The Holy Spirit taught me to pray. And then this is what Jesus said. he said, the Holy Spirit's going to come and be your teacher. He's going to come and disciple you. And so I think if we lean so much on I I, Bible college is great. I have a degree in theology, praise the Lord. But I think we've leaned so much on education and Bible college and teaching, 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 and more teaching that we've removed the Holy spirit's ability to teach us how to pray, to teach us how to preach, to teach us to live that fasted lifestyle. And for us, you know, here we have a bunch of 19, 20, 21, 22 year olds that were partying every day. Now we get saved. And our question is, What do we do every day, right? Because it wasn't like we just partied on Sunday morning. It wasn't like we just partied on Sunday night. We partied pretty much every day. We were partying somewhere. And so we decided we're just going to replace the parting with praying. So 24 hours a day. This went on for months in my home was a prayer meeting. It didn't end. It wasn't like, let's pray, and then in three hours, let's stop praying. I'm talking about we worked at you know In-N-Out, Starbucks, Roundtable, and it was prayer at my house. You'd go to work. Whatever time you went to work, you'd come to my, back to my house and fall over and lay on the ground and pray, and you'd wake up, and mm-hmm. you'd go to work, and this went on for months, and from that— Four to five hundred people showed up to my living room every single week. It's absolutely crazy. No flyers, no promotion, Mm -hmm. no YouTube, no Facebook, no nothing. People were literally driving by saying, I felt something at this house and it drew me here. I mean, unbelievable presence of God, family members that were deaf getting their hearing back, people coming out of wheelchairs, demons being cast out. Everything was happening, but it was all because... A bunch of young adults were in a living room in Manteca, California. No one even knows where that's at, praying, seeking God for revival. And so for me, when you talk prayer, something comes alive in me because I go, this is what I started and I don't ever, and I I feel like this is a word for some people watching, I don't ever want to get out of that place of prayer. I think people think we graduate from prayer, like we're successful now, we're famous preachers or we're famous YouTubers Mm -hmm. or famous, and now we could spend more time on the algorithm, more time making videos than getting in that place of prayer, and that's where you start getting so many of these, and I would love to even talk about this, dry pastors, dry leaders, pastors committing suicide, pastors. Cheating on their wives, pastors leaving the ministry, and it breaks my heart. And it usually starts from their oil drying out. No more going to prayer, no more seeking the Lord. And we've created really these. These these uh, country club type churches that are more about how good looking we are, how well we could speak, how good we are at networking, and even in a pastoral interview, they don't ask you what is your prayer life like. They don't ask you do you live holy. They don't ask you what movies are you watching. Like these are the things that matter to God. And so, man, I'm I'm hungry to see revival in America. I'm hungry to see prayer in the pulpits, prayer in the church. I'm kind of like you know I know everyone says we need prayer back in the school, and my response is like we need prayer back in the church. What do you mean in the schools? We have such a prayerlessness that swept over even many watching. There's several thousand watching now that have swept over our lives and the devil has choked out the prayer out of the church, the life Mm -hmm. out of the church. And, and really, I just want to see that. I really believe, you know, uh, pastor that this is the time for revival for prayer and that God is reviving his people. Once again, there is a remnant. And at, at this point, I would go out to say this, and I don't think this is even debatable. There's really no other answer right now in America. We've seen the moral fibers just destroyed in America, and the answer is a fiery church that doesn't just do this once a week, hour and a half, hometown buffet, Chuck E. Cheese type thing, but it goes after God, seeks the Lord, sound doctrine, strong preaching, strong time at the altar, strong time in prayer, holiness, fasting, deliverance, miracles, seeing the full power of God. And so, I'm, I'm fired up, man. I know I'm going here, but I'm fired up as you talk about that cuz i really believe that revival is the hope and i'm so i'm so encouraged tonight seeing a senior pastor on the broadcast saying we need this we want this we're going after this there is hope for the american church and to see revival in the church
0: well man you just fired me up you can keep going as well uh there's so much there i think people need to be encouraged you know i've learned prayer isn't really coming And sitting down and you've got all your requests. Prayer for me is getting my heart ready. Uh, Robert Murray, Robert Murray McShaney said, I spend the first hour just preparing to pray and and just worship on and weeping and getting my heart right before God and broken before God. And God just starts pouring into my spirit. These articles that you can read at Shaneidleman.com on revival I just start writing down on a notepad. God is just pouring in and pouring in, Father. What do you want to say to me? And and you just, you start to listen to God and get your heart right before God, and you come out of that prayer closet a better husband, a better father. And come on, but, but it does take some discipline. I mean, you got I started it twenty two years ago, getting up by three thirty four in the morning. So I've got wow. the first three hours, uh, and I don't say that to oh be impressed um, by that. I have to. I, I have to, or I will fall apart. Uh, Rap- uh, Matthew Henry, I believe it was a commentator in the sixteen hundreds. Uh, uh Whitfield used to read his his commentaries on the Bible. He said apostasy ends at the prayer closet. And that's exactly what That's exactly what you just said. What we're seeing out there. And I I've, I've got I mean I've had to remove famous pastors from my book quotes on my you know cover quotes from this guy, this guy, this guy and you look and it's their intimacy with God. The, for, yep. the they they interviewed the top 280 Christian leaders who fell and at the top of the list was 80% of them um, they would counsel women of, you know, of the opposite sex, 80% and a high majority, all of them said, this will never happen to me. This will never happen to Come me. On. And that's, that's prideful. And then the biggest thing was they've lost their intimacy with God. They become too busy. And if you're too busy for God, you're too busy. This, mm. this, this has to be the all consuming passion. I tell people, I would give up that job. If it's hurting your prayer life and your walk with the Lord, I would Come give on. up the, take a break from social media get 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 fast and get on your face before God and no it doesn't feel good we have to sometimes remember the feelings come he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him if you seek me with all of your heart you will find him and that word seek is kadash in the Hebrew it means like you've lost your child in the mall you're you, I'm not hungry anymore I don't care what's going on I've got to find that child no matter what and can you imagine if we have that desperation wow. I've got to find God I've got to find God and he said you seek me like that you will find me. And many of us, you know, we drive around, we say our quick little prayers and I'm all for that. And a quick little devotional, five minute devotional, but that's not going to cut it in these dire times. I mean, we are calling good, evil, and evil, good. We are slaughtering, yes. we are slaughtering innocent children. We are, we are, we are promoting the LGBTQ agenda, which I love the group of people, it's a, but the agenda, see, we can love the people, but, but fight the agenda in the schools and the, and, and and again, we love all people, but we've got to be able to stand up for what is right. And, and you look at what's going on. And uh, if not now, when Isaiah, if not now, when, if not, if not us, who, and that, you know, that old saying, if not here, where. And so I think once we get that revival fire and you realize it doesn't happen overnight, you might, I know we started, uh, we started having worship every Sunday for the last five years now. At, uh, we turned the music on by 545 in the morning, six in the morning. Started with three of us. You know, We've been up to 70, 80, 90, 100 people uh, that would come and just worship God before our services. And so see, that hunger is contagious. That, that revival fire is contagious. I'm glad you said that about a, a Bible degree, because I think if somebody can get a degree, if you can stay humble— That it's more education is better. And so we're not against that. But like Leonard Ravenhill said, you can have 32 degrees and still be frozen. Go ahead. Come on. And so you have to have theology on fire. And uh, that's what preaching really is, is it not? It's theology coming through a man who is on fire for God.
2: And I think one of the and something you kind of touched on the misconceptions about prayer is that you're always going to want to pray. So a lot of people watching this, they say next week I'm going to start praying. And they've been saying that for years. Next month, tomorrow, I'm going to start praying an hour a day. And really, I would challenge Everybody watching to set an hour a day aside to pray. This is something Jesus asked the disciples, or something powerful about saying, "God, I'm going to give you undivided attention." Now, many people saying, "I can't do that, Isaiah." Your Netflix says otherwise. Your TikTok says otherwise. Your Instagram yeah. says otherwise. If we could spend the average American six to eight hours, they say, a day on social the media. internet, on social media, on yeah. entertainment, then you can. I'm telling every single person watching, you can pray an hour a day. It will revolutionize your life. A thousand issues you're going will be solved in the place of prayer, praying that hour a day. But I think the common misconception, pastor, is that I'm going to wait until I want to do it. And the thing about the flesh is I don't pray when I feel it. I pray till I feel it. I'm not going to wait on my flesh. The Bible says the flesh, and I just preached this last night, is there's enmity. It's at war against God. The carnal man, which Paul says is living on the inside of me, is constantly trying to get me not to do what God wants me to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm no longer a slave to that master, a slave to my carnal flesh. I'm dragging my flesh into the prayer closet. I'm not asking, I'm not asking my flesh, do you feel like praying today? Do you want to? Because the thing is, you're not gonna want to. Your flesh doesn't want to. And I think much like fasting when you eat junk food, you know, I talk to people that are healthy, unlike me, and they're like, Isaiah, I don't even desire junk food. Like, it's not like a, a discipline. After I stopped eating it for a year, I no longer want it anymore. And so it's really about starving your flesh, changing your appetite, not just for fasting, but also for praying. And then you start getting to a place where you go, how could I live without this? Like, it's not about, oh, I don't have time to pray. You don't have time not to pray like prayer will give you so much power, so much authority, and so much just fuel to go throughout your day that you'll get into a place where you go, I have to pray. And for me, and you just said you're at that place, I'm really at that place where I can't survive without prayer. I'm that needy beggar every single day saying, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't preach without you. I can't go live. I can't travel. I can't be a father without prayer. I can't be a husband. Like, my wife only knows revival me. She doesn't know me before, the unregenerated me, and I know if I... stop praying, if I stop fasting, if I stop going after God, I will go back to that old man, right? That old man crawls off that cross. You got to keep crucifying him and putting him on the cross. And so prayer does this, but, but to everyone listening, this is a real practical step for you. Make yourself pray. Be intentional. I know Mike Bickle says, put it on your calendar. You schedule everything else. Why not schedule prayer? And so this idea that one day I'm gonna accidentally fall over and start praying, or I'm gonna slip into my prayer closet, trip in there and pray for an hour. It's just not gonna happen. You have to be intentional and say, I'm not asking, I'm not saying, I'm doing this. I'm turning everything off, put your phone away, put your stuff and go for an hour. I'm gonna get in the prayer closet and this will revolutionize your life. But again, I think uh, Shane, that a lot of people think, oh, one day I'm gonna fill it or one day it's just gonna happen. And it's, nothing that is good happens without intention. You're, nev- you're never gonna cast out demons if you're not intentional. Right. You're never gonna lay hands on the sick accidentally. Many cessationists say, well, I would believe in tongues if God gave me it, so they think, one day I'm going to be sitting there and God's going to begin to speak tongues out of me. That's not biblical. The Bible says that you need to pursue these things. You need to go after it. Jesus said, if you want the Holy Ghost, you need to ask. You got to ask for it. So mm-hmm. there's something about getting in that place. I know I'm going all over the place here. It's okay, though. But there's something about getting in that place of prayer, being intentional, yeah. putting it on your calendar and saying, I'm doing this. And there's no there's no, its, buts, or ands about it.
0: Well, and this will really help. I don't know if you realize this, but you hit the nail on the head. Here's why people here's why they don't have a prayer life. They go to bed watching and listening to things that are so ungodly that they Come don't on. wake up. They don't wake up with the spiritual appetite. Mm. So if you go to bed watching Netflix and voodoo and Amazon Prime and all this gore and witchcraft and darkness and you're not going to wake up hungry for yep. God. So what it's been my custom for a long time is, is either to read the word or to read like EM bounds on prayer, anything by toes or anything by Leonard Ravenhill. And you're so hungry for God. You've got this prayer going to bed. You're praying, going to bed. You say, Lord, and you wake up. I look at sometimes it's only two thirty in the morning. I go back to sleep. Get up. There's an excitement for that. Mm. But if I start, if I start, if you start filling your mind with, uh, you know, these top movies out there from, I mean, I don't even know, I see the top 10 come that, that Christians are watching, Reacher, yeah. Re- Reacher on Netflix, or what was the other one, that cocaine one, that Crystal Myth on uh, uh, out in the desert, filmed out in the desert. You know, so many people are watching this, and they're hooked on this, and or, or Tiger King or whatever. I mean, just and they love this stuff, yep. and they have they have no prayer life. It's because they're, to use your analogy, they're feeding on junk food all day, yep. so they, they have no desire for broccoli and hummus. You know, and, that, and and I can relate, you know, trying to, to have a background in health and fitness. I don't like, you know, the junk food just is, you know, maybe some chocolate, of course, but most <laughs> other things, there's, there's a just desire to continue to continually eat healthy. What about how much more spiritual food? So that'll be encouragement to some people. If you're going to bed with the wrong things mentally, as a man thinketh in his heart so easy, there's not going to be a diet, a spiritual diet also, or a spiritual hunger. Also, I don't know if you've done a lot of studying on, on, on REM sleep, deep sleep. Mm -hmm. And, and how your mind thinks if you, you, I would encourage people to disengage from, from computers and phones late at night. I mean, read a good book, read the Bible for the hour before you'll just fall asleep. And then you wake up hungry for more of God. So that definitely plays a role. And it's biblical. Who, who, why should we fill our mind with all of this junk right before we go to sleep? Makes no sense.
2: That's so good. And I think, like you said, the world quenches our appetite for these things. Mm -hmm. We lose our desire. The more we feed our flesh, the more we lose our desire for spiritual things. And this is all stuff in a very practical sense, a practical level of things that we look at our life and go, my life is full of carnal things. And Paul in Romans, I I talked about this last night. He talks about the carnal man. The carnal man is constantly at war, constantly wanting. And so when we're, we're feeding him all day long, it's no wonder we've lost the appetite, we've lost the desire. And really my prayer is, for everybody watching and listening. And I'm getting, I want to pray right now. I'm like, man, you know, we talk yeah. about it. Like you said, it, it's that effective. of encourages us and makes us hungry for it. But it's getting to a place where you have the appetite to pray. So it might start out with, I have to make myself do this, but yep. you will. And I, I want to say this to you guys. You will get to a place where you want to pray, where you want to fast, where you desire. And I, and another thing is when you pray, we've all had this. Shane, I know you've had this. When you're in prayer and you have an, some type of encounter with God or he gives you a revelation or you encounter some type of his presence. We have these encounters. The first thought, at least for me, every time I encounter God in prayer is, why don't I do this more? Mm-hmm. Why am yep. I so distracted? Why don't? And I And you think that. And then you look back and go, Have I even prayed? And this is a question we could all ask What was my prayer life? Like, really chronologically, this week. And I, I do believe prayer mm. is, of course, relational, right? We're in the car, yeah. we get out of bed, as you said. But I also don't want to undervalue the divine privilege to what Jesus said to go in your prayer closet. Because there is, I think, at times we undervalue that and go, Oh, you could just pray in your car. And you can, mm-hmm. you can, you could just pray going to work and you're always aware of the Holy spirit. I have, I have some preachers say, well, I don't even have go in my prayer closet because I pray all day long. And that's amazing. And I, I think that's great, but that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, there's a time where you go in the prayer closet, you shut the door and the father's there. Like imagine mm-hmm. God gives us in Scripture. His geographical location on the earth he says here's where I'm going to be on the earth not in you know Hawaii in Mexico and Japan if every one of us knew that God was going to be in Tennessee tomorrow night at seven o'clock every single one of us would have a first class ticket as fast as we could to get to wherever it is at seven o'clock in Tennessee yet God says day and night I live in the secret place this is a real place in mm-hmm. on earth that you can go to and you can encounter God and so few of us do it. I mean, really so few of us this week have gone to that place where God dwells called the secret place and encountered God. And as you said earlier, say, I'm not coming out until I come out a better husband. I'm not coming out of this till I come out a better father. I'm not coming out until I come out a better servant, a slave of God. I'm going to let this transform me and God in that prayer closet. It's like that potter, uh, it's like the clay on the potter's wall. God begins to mold us into the person. That's the sanctification Mm -hmm. process, isn't it? Where God begins to mold us into the person he's called us to be. Not the person I've called myself to be or the person I want to be, but the the way God's called me to be. There's times where I've had ideas or things I want to do with the stream or traveling or ministry, and I go into the prayer closet and I come out going... That was a terrible idea because Mm -hmm. God gets in there and God says, I'm going to start molding you. I'm going to break you. I'm going to shape you. And then when God does it, it gives us that appetite. It gives us that desire. Much as like when you stop eating junk food, you lose the desire for it. I really believe many of you watching as you get in the place of prayer, as you, and we're being very practical tonight, but as you start seeking God there and encountering God in the secret place, don't get mad at God saying, God, where have you been? And God goes, where have you been? Like I've been waiting and you've been standing Mm. me up every day. Because uh, I'm in the place of prayer. So I really hope that people are getting hungry right now to just get in that secret place.
0: And Isaiah, might be just to throw in something about why the prayer closet is so important. Because although we're supposed to be praying all day, we're driving this. The prayer closet is that time alone with God. Don't bring your phone. Don't be texting. Don't email And And actually, I can picture Jesus as a carpenter making what would be probably like a pantry a side area in the house where you would go and you would close the door uninterrupted from people uninterrupted from anyone's presence, except you and God almighty. If you don't have that, it's going to be hard to get that connection because that's where brokenness takes place. That's where, Mm. that's where, that's where you're humbled. That's where sin is brought to the foot of the cross. That's where you're, 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 you're just, uh, you, you are transformed. And we're talking about, I'm sure you talked about with Paul, Oh, wretched man that I am who will deliver me from this body of sin and sin and death for with the mind I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And so it's getting the mind away from distractions, a mind away from. So even though driving, listen to radio, it's those are good things, but you can be taken away from God. The good things can actually take you away from the presence of God, because you say, Lord, you matter so much that I'm getting rid of every distraction and I'm going to hear from you. I want to seek you. And maybe an encouragement to some people, there are times where I don't feel anything. Come on. On. I'm just say. like, Lord, but, but see, that's faith is the evidence of things not seen. That's when I believe that's when the rubber meets the road. Lord, I don't even feel it, but I know you're good. I know you're sovereign. I don't even, my feelings aren't lining me up right now, but I'm going to trust you because without faith, it's impossible to please you. And you persevere, you press through there's fortitude, there's strength, there's, I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection. And then, then the fruit of that will come later. So don't always feel like you know, if I'm, if I'm not feeling it, if I'm not, I mean, there's times where I just begin weeping and I end up on the floor and I'm hitting rewind, 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 re- rewind on worship songs. And God's just pouring into my heart, pouring into my soul. And, and I don't even read the word. Then there's other times I read the word for an hour and a half and things just pop from the pages and God is ministering to my own heart. And there's other times it's like, Oh boy, oh boy, this is tough. This I'm not Lord help me out right now. And he, and, and, I feel like I wasted a few hours, but did I really was, it was that battle is that spiritual battle is that there was that flesh that you're trying to buffet that flesh. So
2: good. I want to talk about, so your 40 day water fast, this is okay. Let me just say this. And this is just candid here. When people say, oh, you should bring this speaker on or this guest on or this person on, and you know, you look at people and their follower account or whatever, all these metrics that are secular that we use to measure success. Right. But then I look at your, your documentary that you made about your 40 day water fast, which we're gonna talk about right now. And then I hear you say, which I didn't know this, but you say, man, I get up some days, three o'clock, four in the morning, five in the morning, whatever it is, and I get up and pray every morning for an hour or two hours or three hours or whatever it is. I, I personally, I hold such a high value for people that actually do these things, right? Cause it's no joke. Like 40 day fast of water fast, or even a seven day fast, or fourteen day fast, or getting up, you know, just two times a week at three in the morning is so commendable because it's real sacrifice. And this is something God is moved by. God is moved by how far are you willing to go? What are you willing to do for me? What sacrifice? This is one thing I've kind of in a good way prided myself in saying, Lord, I want to challenge myself. I want to do things. I recently I read the whole New Testament out loud on stream and I didn't end the stream. It was like 11 hours, But the point of it was not for, oh, let me give you guys an audio Bible, because that's definitely not what I was trying to do. It was for my own personal sanctification mm-hmm. of saying, God, I want to throw myself on the altar. I don't just want to give you a sacrifice. I want to be the sacrifice. I want to challenge myself, step outside the box, stretch my flesh yeah. so that your fire can consume my offering. Like I want to give you an offering. And so I just want to say to you, man, the 40 day water fasting, the getting up in the morning and praying, these are real things that move the heart of God. And I think why God is breathing on your ministry, why God is using you, um, really God is looking for people that would have a heart towards him. That's what he searches for. And these Mm -hmm. levels of sacrifice, I value so highly more than any type of, oh, this guy has a big church or following or whatever. To me, all of that is like, all of that is anyone can do that. Right. Uh, yeah. but it's this, this real, like real sacrifice. So for example, we talk about 40 day water fast, but like, <laughs> this is like real, this is not just like, Oh, a 40 day water fast. Let's go to the next topic. Like you really for 40 days are getting up, like starving, maybe some days not, but most days hungry, your body, you're losing weight. And you're like, okay, God, I'm going to pursue you. Okay. God, I'm going to go after you. So I, I only know, maybe I know Vlad's done a 40 day fast. He's talked about before. I only know maybe I don't know, two or three pastors, maybe, maybe one or two that have ever done a 40-day water fast. I know you said that you mixed some broth in there, some juice in there, which is which is amazing. But talk to us a little bit about, I wanna know, like, give me the details, right? I'm a nerd, I wanna know, how did this start? Was it a word from God? What, what are the disclaimers? Is it, should hey, should you get a word from God before you do this? Talk to us about, because I'm very, very intrigued by this, this 40-day right. water fast that you did, and uh, don't spare any details. How did this come about?
0: All right, well, this could get interesting. And I think it's important to throw out a disclaimer out there. Of course, anytime you talk about altering a lifestyle or fasting that we're not medical, uh, we're not medical advisors. Um, we're just, I'm talking about my experience. And the reason I talk about all these things is really to motivate people. Yes. Um. And what, you know, and I don't say I get up early. You should, I, I'm just, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm broken. I am undone without, if I don't do this, the old Shane Eidelman is going to come back and it's going to be bad. And so, but I have, I go to bed early too, you know, by nine o'clock. So that, that helps a little bit on those things, but I do it to motivate people. And I do have my share of critics. Oh, you're super spiritual. You're prideful. Well, I mean, we're all prideful, but I hope not. I mean, I'm just trying to just share, share my experience with the body of Christ. So anyway, God's been working on my heart for a long time on this area of fasting. And again, with a background in health and fitness, I understand how um, the hunger hormone works. I understand how autophagy works. I keto ketosis works and, and how your body will switch fuel sources and how you actually won't, it's not, you're not starving yourself. You're switching energy sources. Um, And so I knew a lot about fasting and um, I just was just intrigued to really press in. And again, it's not, um, gosh, how do I word it? It's not about, you know, like a a long checklist or look at what I did or marking out the days on a calendar. It's just a desperation. And we see that 40 days is mentioned throughout the Bible quite frequently. Jesus did it. And I don't think it's an accident that he went into the wilderness for 40 days. And and the Bible is clear. We don't hear of his ministry before this. And now he comes out. It says it it comes out in the fullness of the spirit. And so I was going to go on another fast. I've been on nine days only, water only. I took a um, a sabbatical a year ago, and I fasted about 45 days, water only, through through about 95 of those days. And here's why I do it. When I when with juicing water, I mean, there's all these different fastings, biblically speaking, it's going without nourishment. So, if, if you're going to fast, biblically speaking, that's not juicing. Juicing, I mean, it's good, it's got its benefits, it's a lot of antioxidants, phytochemicals that are thrown into the body there. But with juicing and things, it keeps my hunger hormone. They call it grenolin. I believe it's a G H R E L I N. Like, I have a hard time pronouncing that hunger hormone often, but the, the, a little bit of juice. Can keep that hunger hormone elevated. And also, I'm pouring in glycogen, I'm pouring in sugar. And I'm really going counteractive because what happens, autophagy kicks in after a couple of days. Autophagy is like Pac-Man. Your body begins to break down disease and dying tissue, cancer Mm. cells. It begins to produce more stem cells. Your growth hormone is elevated. Your your glucagon, which is the opposite of insulin, is elevated. Glucagon is really good because it's for burning fat, and insulin is for storing fat. And so the body, a miraculous thing takes place when you begin to fast. And so I wanted to go deep. And I felt God was releasing me to take this public. So I wrote articles that went out nationally calling the nation to prayer and fasting. A lot of the negative Nellies and judgmental Jerry said, you shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> Come on. You know, haven't, haven't you read Matthew six? Well, yeah, but how do we know Jesus fasted? How do we know anybody mm. fasted? They they talked about it. And so when Jesus said, when you fast, you know, don't tell anyone, wash your face. Well, it's, what is it? It's a hard issue because they're yeah. walking around. Look at me. I'm fasting. Look at me. I'm fasting. So, it, it was it, it was a hard inf- uh, issue, not an information issue. So Joel said, "Call a, a call the people to fast." Esther said, "Call the people to fast." Uh, Nineveh, the king said, "Call the people to fast." And the preaching of Jonah. And, and so, I felt released to go and just share my experience to motivate people. The emails, the Twitter. I mean, I we were I was bombarded with the positive feedback from people breaking addiction. Uh, how many str- how many strongholds you know? And I gotta just give you a quick shout out here. A year ago, I started seeing your YouTube videos on deliverance. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know about I don't know about this guy. Cause you know, in charismatic world, yeah. I mean you 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 the problem with a lot of us who are believe the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today is you've got to have sound theology. Yes. You've got to have you've got to be straight as a gun barrel theologically, but you can't be empty. So you need the power mm. of the spirit. So you have to have correct theology, correct humility, repentance. Loving God's word, and then you marry that with the power of the Holy Spirit, and so just watching your ministry, I'm like, this guy's solid. He's got the right heart. I mean, this is this is encouraging. So you encourage me in that area awesome. as well. Um, and I forgot what we were talking about what were we saying on the fasting the, issue. The
2: fasting. You were talking about how how healthy it is for you. And
0: oh yeah, with well, and and forty days was just on my heart. I mean, I'm turning to this page. I'm turning to that page. God's put it on my heart. Um, I, I won't go into detail right now because I'm still praying about a few things. I had actually had a dream. Uh, that I want to maybe share at some point where I just, you know, knew that God is wanting me to make some bigger changes. Also, you look at physically speaking, I'm six foot two, 230 pounds. You know, I mean, my ideal weight should be around 185, 190. So technically I'm 40 pounds uh, overweight. So physically I had, a you know, I love food. I would eat too much food, uh, sugar, caffeine, and you're addicted. So it just really broke all these strongholds. And what happens, uh, my point was your body, Begins to, once it switches from carbohydrates, you have carbohydrates stored in your muscle and your liver, probably about 2,400 calories, let's say a day and a half worth. There's no more energy. Now, where does it get energy from? Where, how's the brain function? Uh, something called gluconeogenesis takes place and it creates glucog- glyc- glycogen from fat reserves. And so that's what ketones are, ketone bodies, ketogenic diets. And so now I'm just burning fat all day long, about 2,000 calories a day, half a pound of fat. And I I think it's okay to talk about these things because we're the spiritual is the focus but yes. God want God wants us to be good stewards of our phys- I have a billion dollar piece of equipment here that if Come I'm on. if I if if I'm if I'm not getting enough sleep I'm eating like like you know a lot of junk food and I'm feeling moody it affects me spiritually at a very deep level. So I believe the spiritual and the physical are interwoven, with the spiritual, of course, being the priority. And so after four or five days, hunger actually leaves. I, I started to cook dinner for my family, you know, grass-fed beef with spaghetti, you know, a, a garlic toast. Uh, so you're, you're
2: fasting cooking dinner for your family.
0: Yeah, because your appetite's gone. You really wow. you it, like I look at the food and go, Yeah, that's that's good. It looks good, but you know, I, I, it's just, and then, and then the more you press in and the more you, you begin to just, um, your, your body will burn its reserves. And so you're really not starving. You're not starving until you burn your fuel source, which is your fat. But then of course people say, what about vitamins? What about minerals? Uh, well, your body actually stores those in your cells, the right, correct, uh, uh right amount of zinc, vitamin C, vitamin, e, vitamin D, vitamin E, it'll begin to process those potassium, magnesium, sodium. Uh, so I did take some supplements now and then a little bit of trace minerals. Uh, the longest fast ever recorded is well over a year. He lost, I think 200, 280 pounds. You can look it up. It's from the Scotland university. Uh, he was 400 and some pounds and he just, he's lived off his fat because that's what fat is. Fat is fuel reserves. Now, granted, you have to be strategic. I know what low potassium mineral, low potassium looks like, you know, uh, heart palpitations, moody, getting sick, you know, you're getting low in magnesium and potassium. So that's why I would have, or if I had to preach three times on Easter resurrection, you know, an hour per sermon and praying with people early morning worship, I I brought a, you know, a cup of grapefruit juice to get me through that. You know, I can't, I can't just go lay down. And so, and we also had church when I started the fast, we had church every night of the week. For a week straight every night at six o'clock just 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 on the altar people hungry for god and so a little bit of bone broth and then there would be days and days of just water only and wow. and just really it just it's weird how when you're starving the flesh those fleshly appetites are really minimized wow and so and so you're there's a heart check that takes place uh you're definitely a lot more humble uh you're a lot more broken uh, now granted there are seasons where emotions you're, you're getting. You know, you're irritated. You don't know why you're getting angry. Your body's cleansing all these things. And that's what happens during fasting is your body actually goes and cleans a lot of the organs, the heart, the digestive system, your microbiome, your cholesterol that's being built up in the arteries can slowly dissipate. And it's just it's wonderful spiritual benefits and then wonderful physical benefits as well.
2: So good. Um, so You know, one thing people were asking in the chat, like those kill people saying, I don't understand fasting. Like, what's the point if you're just going to get sick from not eating? And this idea of not eating or some would say starving yourself for spiritual gain, is it really a foolish idea to the world? To the world, they look at it and go, why would you fast as a Christian? But really, I, what I've understood through fasting is God becomes what food is to you. A lot of people right. look to food for pleasure. For a getaway, for sustenance to survive, to keep going, for energy, for whatever it could be. And when you're fasting, you can no longer look to food for pleasure. For for many people, it's an escape, um, or again, sustenance. But then God becomes that. So the time you'd spend eating or thinking about food, like if you're list- all of you listening on Spotify or the chat or YouTube or Facebook, whatever, think about right, real quick how much time you spend thinking about food. In fact, many people say, uh, Shane, when I start praying, the first thing I think about is what I'm going to eat tomorrow, what I'm going to eat today. We spend a crazy amount of time just thinking about what we're going to eat next or where we're going to go out to eat. And not only that, we can't go on longer about money and about all that when it comes to food, but man, we spend so much energy and time thinking about what we're going to eat and how we're going to eat. Imagine you take that away, how much time you have to serve God, to spend with God. And again, when we talk about fasting, we're talking about fasting and prayer, like getting in the place of prayer with fasting, mixing these together. You know, you've heard this before that fasting without prayer is just dieting, but really saying, I'm going to spend this time dedicated to God and I'm going to go after God and I'm going to serve God. Like I've never served him before. I'm going to seek him. What are some you gave some, but what are some other like real practical benefits to fasting for those listening for those in the chat? Again, I know some people are new Christians or like, I don't understand why fast. Like what is the benefit biblically? What's the point of it to fast? What are some some real practical things you can give us here? Yeah,
0: yeah, I'd like to um briefly talk about that because if somebody's a new believer. You know, I wouldn't. I, you, you don't want to jump into these kind of things. You want to, you know, obviously read research a little bit. But two things come to mind. Can you hear me okay? Audio's yeah, perfect. Still good. Sounds good. Um, the number one, we have to remember this is how we were created. Mm. We weren't cre- We we don't. We weren't created to have you know fast food stores and convenience stores on every corner. Our body really, if you look at how the body is designed. It's designed to go w- with seasons of feasting and fasting or famine, uh, you know, f- uh, feasting and famine. W- they would, you know, days you could walk, days you could go and, and not really eat. So the body's designed for that. And we look at also the spiritual benefits, but the physical benefits, stem cells are, are, are produced. And these can create new, new cells, uh, telomeres that are on the end of the DNA strand. That's really what affects aging. Those are repaired. And, and so we look at, so number one, this is how the body was designed. And you're not starving at all. You're just actually, okay, now I'm going to use all this stored energy I have for fuel. Uh, And we look at, you can look at Moses fasted, of course, um, Nehemiah fasted, Esther fasted, uh, Ezra fasted. David fasted Now granted in the Old Testament it was it was usually sackcloth and ashes prayer and fasting repentance because it showed Lord I am so desperate I, I this repentance is so sincere I'm gonna I'm gonna not take in this this food, this nourishment and I'm gonna be nourished by you and I'm gonna I'm gonna exchange this this bodily desire for food for a, a spiritual desire for you And so now we go into the New Testament what a lot of people don't know is Jesus didn't say, if you fast he said when you fast that's good read read matthew 6 when you fast when you pray when you give and also they challenged him why aren't your disciples fasting he said well because the bridegroom is here but when the bridegroom yes. leaves my disciples will fast in those days paul said he was in much fasting and we look at the early church augustine uh, justin martyr ignatius irenaeus polycarp Uh, And you look at those early church fathers past fasting. And so it's really not, you know, people think it's just with this work based thing. And a lot of people take it from Roman Catholicism monasteries. Um, I mean, all, all religions on the planet fast. Yeah, pretty much that I'm aware of. And so what it is, it's, it's, it's uh, the fleshly appetite you just talked about last night. Like you said, these fleshly appetites are at war with God. Just think about this. Now, I don't want to convict too many people. I wasn't going to mention this, but I don't know. It's been in my heart. Go
2: there. Come on.
0: H- how many of you listening right now? Hey, I've been here. I've been there. I can. I relate. How many of us have to have our Christian crack before we open the Bible in the morning? Mm. It's, it's, it's black. It's in a cop, Come cup. Come on. Go you know, wait. ahead. I, I, We're going to lose I, a bunch I, of people I, here. Go I, ahead. I, I have to have this. I have to have this. And then I can. So we see that fasting is, is bringing these bodily appetites into submission and saying, God, you know, you're my all-consuming passion. You're my all-consuming fire. And that verse, if my people humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, think about that. All four of those conditions are meant by fasting. Mm. All four of those are meant by fasting. And so what's funny is I'm not a fasting guy. I used to be a, a fitness buff. And, and I actually took a lot of steroids and worked out hard and uh, did a lot of stuff to ruin my body. And I, I we, we were trained to eat every two and a half hours to keep the metabolic rate up and And so this is the last thing I want, but it's the man, I just the presence of God. I mean, I would my family be eating. I go put my AirPods in and just, you know, just rewind. I'm a lover of your presence. I'm a lover of your presence. The more I seek you, the more I find you just weeping before God. And God was filling me and breaking me and humbling me because I gave up this appetite of food and I sought the heart of God. So, so it was not perfect. I, I messed up a few times. I, you know, I had a little bit on resurrection Sunday on a mother's day and we had, they were having a salad, I ate a little bit of salad, just got back on track a couple hours later. And, but for the most part, it was, it was incredible. I, I lost a 37 pounds. Wow. And so, you know, that's not the goal, but that's a nice benefit. And then you do, you know, you gain some of that back. Obviously the goal is to keep it, you know, keep, keep, keep about your ideal wage. Uh, But anyway, that's that. And I don't blame new believers like fasting. That doesn't make sense. Just, just read the Bible read what the benefits are. And, 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 but think about the other, the other, what's the other spectrum of fasting gluttony correct yeah it's it's i mean we're 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 eating too much and we're going to get that that fast food and that that candy and that cookie and that chocolate and that cake and i got to have i got to got to got to have it in gotta, gotta, gotta this addiction to all these different things and so fasting uh, is just an incredible experience it's very challenging and difficult and so you have to uh, i would t- i would say to those who if god's calling you to fast and you know there's a deep conviction um, you know, obviously talk to your physician, let them know what you're doing, and then you go for it and be prepared for the withdrawals, uh, cause you're withdrawing from a lot of things or many of you can prepare and how you prepare is you, you start weaning off of caffeine over the next week. You start weaning off of processed foods over sugar. You start eating God-given foods. And so really your, your body is now set, uh, to be in this position of, of fasting because you've, you've created this environment in which. You're not going to go through tremendous withdrawals. I mean, just going off of caffeine alone is going to is going to make you go crazy. Uh, And sugar, have you ever just stopped sugar cold turkey? You know, I mean, you're going to really have some difficulties there. So take it to God in prayer and uh, see where he leads you. That's really the key.
2: Yeah, it's crazy because so many Christians, number one, we don't preach fasting, but so many Christians don't fast. Like if you pulled the church, do you fast on a regular basis or even once a year? Most people are like, what is fasting? I didn't even know we we're supposed to fast. It's so it's so barely talked about in the American church. But then another thing not talked about, as you said, is gluttony. Like we don't ever hear gluttony behind the pulpit, and gluttony is a sin. Guys, I know this is a revelation. People are like light bulbs going off. Gluttony is a sin. Overeating when you're eating and gorging yourself and you're, oh, I feel sick. And you're sitting there, have to sit on the couch for two hours after you eat. That's a sin before God is is overeating. It's unhealthy. It's a sin. And these are things that are like golden calves of the church. And we don't even talk about. You have a lot of pastors. I'm going to say it here that are extremely overweight, that are extremely, and they're up there talking about how God wants to give you a prosperous life in this. And then we see pastors dying of heart attacks, you know, dying of high blood pressure and diabetes, all these issues happening in the church. And we're not talking about it. And this is not, and I know, again, this makes people feel shame or condemnation, but it shouldn't because we're trying to help you. This is not the life God designed for you. Being 200 pounds, 150 pounds, 100 pounds overweight is not the life that God has designed for you. And so fasting and getting your priorities straight and saying, God, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to give these things up. I'm going to start getting my body as the temple of God in shape where it needs to be. I know this is becoming like a health broadcast, praise the Lord, but I need to get these things in alignment because I want to live that full life that God has for me. I am thin, right? I barely eat once a day, if that, but it's not that I'm healthy just because I'm thin. People think, Oh, you're super healthy, but no, I'm going, Lord, I need to be more healthy. I need to, I just told my wife yesterday, I'm getting a gym membership this week. I'm not playing games. I'm going to be in the gym every single morning. you know, I'm not going to be running 10 miles a day, but I need to start working out. I need to start getting in shape because although yes, I'm Thin doesn't mean I'm healthy. And for many people, you know, you can't see your spirit. So there's a lot of us that are spiritually underweight and spiritually overweight that are out of shape in the spiritual realm. Yeah. And so God wants us to be not only in shape spiritually, but also in shape physically. And I know, again, it's very touchy people. I feel shame, you know, cause I'm overweight. Well, God has given you the ability to do something about it. God has given you the ability to discipline yourself and to say, no, I'm going to start doing these things. I'm going to start fasting. I'm going to start getting in prayer. Not only fasting for my physical, which it it is a benefit, but also spiritually... What does my spirit man look like? If I could look Mm -hmm. at my spirit man in the mirror, I think for many of us, our spirit man would be weak. So let me give you some questions here. I know we're about an hour in, but let me give you some questions here that I want to ask you about fasting. You know, obviously you've done a 40 day water fast. You know what you're talking about when it comes to fasting. You, you know, obviously we could tell, you know, a lot about health. So let me just ask you a couple things here. Is it possible to fast? And this is questions that have been coming in as we're live. Is it possible to fast things other than food? In other words, Pastor Shane, could I fast video games? Could I fast television? In? could I just fast TikTok? I know some people say I'm just going to fast chocolate ice cream, right? Um, what's a biblical fast and can we just fast other things instead of doing food?
0: Yeah. Let me, let me just, springboard back what you just said, because we don't want people to feel shame. I mean, I've I've struggled with my weight since I was a child. And so I have nothing but compassion. It's a hard journey. So we're not poking fun. We're not, but we are wanting to help people. And I think I mentioned, um, all of my books, we, we made them available as free downloads in
2: the description on YouTube
0: guys. Yeah. At our church website, westsidechristianfellowship.org, all my fasting books, you can just download them free right then and uh, and read them and they will help you they'll help you help you get going in the right direction you'll feel a lot better so biblically speaking and we can go through the questions pretty fast biblically speaking fasting is removing all nourishment so the daniel fast should really be called a daniel healthy eating program juicing should really yes. be calling uh, juice feasting you're feasting on juice uh you can go off of TikTok. you can go off. i would recommend that yeah and so these, these are all these are all good things but it's not it's not the, the the biblical definition of fasting is removing things that give nourishment to the body, so that's why you know, with juice or even coffee with cream in it, or you know tea with honey in it and but you don't want to get real technical, like I put a little bit of honey and some green tea if I had to, and it's not about legalism, it's about wisdom. so the biblical definition of fasting is to remove nourishment from the body, even though all those other things are good. Also, I don't know if you knew this, but Jonathan Edwards, his famous sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, he was on a three or four day fast. Uh, John Wesley wouldn't ordain people to the ministry unless they fasted on Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, New, Hebrides wow. Revi- New Hebrides revival started in a barn on a farm in an all night prayer meeting where people were fasting and, and, and crying out for God. I can just, it, it's the it, it's catalyst. Try preaching on a full stomach. Mm. Try, try praying after Thanksgiving dinner. Come on. There's no way. So see, it, it, it's a competing appetite. And that's the whole point of fasting is it really positions you better. So I would, I would start out if you're just starting, try 12 hours, try 16 hours. They call it intermittent fasting. Uh, try a 24 hour and just kind of, you know, w- work into, it, but take it to the Lord. It's not about works. And Oh, Shane went 40 days. To- I think he'll honor a 12-hour fast just as much as a 40-day fast because he calls us to different areas of responsibility where we're at in our walk with him.
2: That's so good. And I like what you said about being legalistic. There's people that say, I got to wait till 12.01. It's only 11.45. That's not, God's not up there with the clock going. You're right at 24 hours. You need to wait 10 more minutes. And people say, oh man, I broke it an hour early. Guys, it's not about being legalistic. It's about being obedient to the word of God and what God says to do and putting your flesh in subjection. And don't, if, listen, if you fail, If you do one day and fail, then pick back yourself up, dust yourself off, get back on track. Don't say, oh man, I'm on a seven day fast and I failed day five, I had some chicken broth and I have to start over. No, no, you don't. You push forward, you keep going. Again, God is gonna honor you. I think that for, I, God has told me this so many more times. Isaiah, you're way more legalistic than me. So I think yeah. so many times mm-hmm. we're so much more legalistic than God is and and Jesus came and showed us that God is not legalistic. It's not about these yeah. rules and regulations. It's about the posture of the heart. Okay, um, someone says, every time I fast, I get sick. I I feel mad. I feel frustrated. Why is this? Why is it that I'm getting frustrated or mad whenever I'm fasting?
0: Usually it's because we're, we're addicted and we're not having the things we're addicted to. Uh, mm. But even even, even with food, it produces a, you get in a bad mood. I went through a lot of bad moods, uh, a lot of mood swings in those 40 days. And so that, that that's to be expected. You press through and a couple hours later, you start feeling better, maybe an hour later, but it depends if you're, if you're talking mentally or physically, physically, I mean, if you're, you're withdrawing from sugar and, and caffeine processed foods, you're, you're just not going to feel well. That's why you do want to get your body, you know, ready. And again, you can download my books for free. It'll give you, will tell you how to get your body ready over the next couple of weeks. So you can, you can get off of all the stuff that, and fasting is actually a delight. Once I, once I fast, I'm off of all sugar, caffeine, it's it, I can go 24 hours and forget I even need to eat, and then day two's tough. You're kind of you're a little angry, you know, a little a little upset, and you, you don't want to be around too many people, and so you just fight through that. You take it to the Lord, you you pray and you fast. But a lot of times we're, we are withdrawing from uh, our favorite addiction, and that's why it's so hard.
2: Good, good. Okay, so here's one that comes in all the time. You've heard this probably a thousand times. Is I have an illness or some type of sickness that prevents me from fasting. One person said a, a blood disease. So anytime I fast, I get really sick. Is there grace for that? Should I still fast? Where do we Where do we draw the line there?
0: Well, yeah, that's why we encourage people to go and talk to the physician because there's a thousand different scenarios out there. And if you are taking medication, you have to be careful because fasting. Fasting lowered my blood pressure substantially. My heart rate dropped 20 beats a minute. Wow! So that's 28,000 beats less per day. Can you believe that? That's so if crazy. you're if you're if you're if you're taking blood pressure medication and it's lowering your blood pressure, you start fasting, you could get into a dangerously low blood pressure. You're taking Coumadin for blood thinner. You're taking statin drugs for cholesterol. And so usually at fasting clinics, they'll have you wean off of of your medication. And, um, you, you can get off diabetes medication because look at diet type two diabetes right now is, is an epidemic. I, yeah. you know, it's just, it's destroying our healthcare system. Did you know that type two is diet related, mm. di- di- diet related, we are causing, we are causing our major healthcare crisis be- be- by the choices. So blood disease, uh, but fasting, I would research Daniel Pompa, Dr. Jason Fung, uh, Peter Atia dr alan goldhammer a lot of these guys i talk to sometimes online some of them aren't christian so i don't agree with their position but lots of knowledge and so they can blood disease it depends on the blood disease because fasting can really clean the blood and actually reset the the the, the blood system there the corpuscles and the red and the white and the blood cells and, and how that works and so fasting is very beneficial but again if you're on medication uh, i let me tell you this i i didn't fast for a decade when i became a christian wow because i I said, I have, I have border borderline hypoglycemia. I can't fast. Well, to come to find out I was just addicted to sugar. So I had, so I had, I had major bloodstream. And The reason why you're slender and you only eat it once a day is because you have a very high metabolic rate. And so you're very high strung and where a lot of us are very low, strung, And so our metabolic rate is slower. So we're storing more, more energy and more food. And uh, so that would be my encouragement is look into it, talk to your doctor. And here's the thing you have to do with your doctor. You have to say, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> don't ask them about fasting because yeah, they, have, yeah. they have four hours, medical professions. I love medical professions. I text my doctor often. They have four hours of, of, of training on nutrition. For example, somebody comes in, hey, you're overweight, high cholesterol. Here's a statin drug. Statin drug is going to tell your liver to stop producing cholesterol. Not wow. a good idea. Why not tell them to lose weight and get in shape? But see, we have a pill. We don't fix the root cause of yep. the problem. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, I I would talk with your physician because there's so many who shouldn't fast pregnant women, nursing moms, anorexia, bulimia, those with possible food disorders. Uh, If a person is emancipated, like just really, really doesn't have much stored energy at all uh, fat, you know, they've got to be very careful. Uh, But I have known a lot of slender people who fasted and then they actually added back this incredible healthy weight that they actually needed because the body resets your metabolic rate. It resets your microbiome, your gut bacteria. And uh, so many so many things that are so important.
2: That's so good. So I think you're drawing a super healthy line between, hey, if you can't fast, this is what you can do or not. But also, we don't just want to give. And this is what you, you've been saying is we don't just want to give everybody an out. I know people in the chat are saying, well, my pastor says, hey, if you can fast, then fast. If not, then don't worry. That's not what we're saying. We're saying if you can fast, you need to fast. But if you have a health, a special health condition, then God's not going to sit there and throw a lightning bolt at you because you're not fasting. But yeah, I really want... Try. Yeah. Go ahead. Go for it.
0: Let me, let me chime in on that one. Cause it's so important. I deal with these questions. I mean, all the time. I just did a health seminar, two and a half hours. I spoke, you can find awesome. that on our YouTube channel as well. But when it comes to fasting, um, 90, a, a room, if I have a room of a hundred people, I guarantee 90 of them can fast. Wow. Absolutely. We have these excuses in our mind. Hey, if you can do it, if you can't, and all of us are going to say, I can't, it's too yeah, hard. Yeah. You know? And, and so, but it's, it's biblical and so let's, so technically though, you can't fast blood sugar levels, um, just where you're at, you, you can change and get, re- that's where I guess a Daniel healthy eating program would be very efficient because it's just God given food. And we were created to eat God given food. Did you know that God given food, everything that grows on the vine, different things that actually gives life to the body, mm. a bag, a bag of Doritos doesn't give you any life. Come on. So you, you can change, you can begin to You can actually live off one meal a day. You could say, I'm just going to eat dinner. Lord, I'm a guy by the name of Hal Reese or Reese Howells. I keep forgetting how to pronounce his name, but he has a powerful book on revival. They they attribute the end of World War II so much to his intercession. And he would just have one meal a night for three years, I believe it was. And so you can do things if you want to. But see, the problem is. We want to make excuses, myself included. Yep. I had every I had. I don't want to lose weight. I mean, this muscle and and guys, you know, they want to keep their their muscle weight and and I don't want to starve myself. That's legalism. And I love what Lena Ravenhill said. Any time, anytime we see something in the Bible we don't like, we call it legalism. Mm, that's so good. <laughs> that's so and good. Yeah, we can answer. Do you have a few more questions that came yeah, in? Yeah. So
2: someone said, um, Do you only fast when you're led by the Spirit, or can you just fast? Whenever do you need to, do you need a word from God to start a fast?
0: I I would say, I would say no, because Jesus said, when you fast, when you give and when you pray. So I think, see, we're not, I'm not going to go on a 40 day fast and then blow it and start again, January 1st. Then I'm giving back into the cravings of the flesh. I'm giving back into gluttony. And so I believe the Christian life is a fasted lifestyle. Paul said, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. So there'll be wonderful times of feasting and, and celebration and fellowship, but then you've got to have seasons of fasting and pressing in and seeking the heart of God. And so we, we've got the feasting down pat. I mean, yes. I, I go, I go to churches and they've got the donuts and coffee out. And I'm like 90% of those people don't need donuts and coffee. Go that's, ahead. Act, Come on. that's actually what's, but uh, that's a whole different topic. Yeah.
2: yeah. So good. No, I love it. So good. Um, let me see. Let me go to like one or two more here. Led by the Spirit. Uh, Someone said, is it okay if I tell people I'm fasting? And where do we draw the line of, I know, like, I love what you said earlier. It's the context, right? People say, well, no one should know. And that's not what Jesus was saying. He was saying, you guys are bragging about it. Don't be, don't showboat when you're fasting. But where do you draw the line on telling people and stuff like that?
0: Yeah, because Matthew 6, it's all a condition of the heart. Did you know a person can be fasting and not tell anyone and just be as prideful as a Pharisee? Yep, come on. And then you can have somebody who shares their fasting experience, very humble, very broken, wanting to help people. So it's Jesus was going to, have to don't don't fast and act all pomp and arrogant and spiritual. Don't do that fast privately. And so, you know, I would have to tell my my wife uh, and I actually uh, I've went on lots of fasting where I didn't tell anybody. Um, and so I think you just tell people that need to know. Um, and if God releases you and, and, and you feel like, you know, I want to I want to share this. But if it's starting to you know, boastful and prideful and look at... I, and I, I'm, I'm at a point where I don't want people. I, I'm not thinking they look at me. Oh, Shane, you're so spiritual. I am hope they're saying, Shane, you're so broken. Come you on. are a broke. You are a broken man, and you need God like never before. A.W. Tozer said it takes broken men to break men when they're preaching. And mm-hmm. so God is God's. This is the breaking process. Don't say, Oh, you're so spiritual. No, I'm broken. I'm humble. I know the old Shane Idleman. If the old Shane Idleman comes out, my marriage is going to be in trouble. My fathering is going to be in trouble. I, I'll lose this pastorate. I've got to i've got to be on fire for god i've got to starve the flesh the flesh is wanting the flesh is saying feed me so i can destroy you come on that's exactly what it's saying
2: wow that's so good all right let me ask you one more here and these are again i'm trying to be these are practical questions i think a lot of times when we do q a's we get super spiritual but these are really good because they're like what people really want to know yeah. um someone yeah. says can i drink high calorie shakes or juice when i'm fasting like can i go to jamba juice you know and get a chocolate mood with a bunch of extra bananas yeah. and frozen yogurt what, what's your thoughts on that
0: and uh, and uh, isaiah too i don't know your time thing but i'm i'm fine if people have questions because i really want to help people so i'm not awesome. in a hurry at all appreciate it um well, again, it goes back to, I mean, a Jamba juice, you're looking at 80 grams of sugar. So that's about 15 teaspoons of sugar in one big Jamba juice. So my answer is, well, no, that's the fasting is just, you know, Jamba. I mean, I love Jamba juice, but it's its a lot of sugar. And if you're, you're going to do any food, if you're going to do any juicing, I would juice a lot of greens, spinach, celery, uh, greens and then maybe an apple to give some type of flavor, but you want to, you don't want to be juicing a lot of sugar. That's what's got us into this problem. This predicament. Did you know, I think it was six teaspoons of sugar was the average in the 1800s. Now we're up to 40 teaspoons of sugar a day per person. Crazy. So that's what's causing a lot of this, uh, these issues that we see.
2: And I would say, too, if you're drinking these like super high calorie shakes, so that you're oh, yeah, not hungry yeah. and you're not hungry anymore, then just don't fast. You know what I mean? Like at that point, you're yeah. drinking your meals. There's no point in fasting if you're blending up a cheeseburger, if you're blending up a hot dog, like and you're drinking it just to get. And some people do that and they're like, well, I'm still fasting. I would just say it's probably best just not to fast if you're going to try to find, you know, a workaround. There's no workarounds <laughs> when it comes to God. Um, I love I that will, you talk. Go ahead. Go for it.
0: I, I, I will say this for some of those people, though, if you you know, if you have, let's say you have a healthy protein shake, uh, tomorrow and a cup of orange juice, and that is a form of fasting. I've seen how people have a benefit because they're saying no to hamburgers, no to Chick-fil-A, no, no to Doritos, no to Coca-Cola, no to Dr. Pepper, no to chocolate, no to sugar. And they're having this a little bit of healthy nutrients. I, you know, God, again, it's not legalism. It's, it's God will reward that heart that is, is God. Cause God knows where you're at. God yeah. says, well, unless, unless you fast like that, God hears the cries of His children. It's really not the, it's really not the fasting. I believe that that, that gets the ear of God. It's the desperation. God saying, "Is that my child down there crying out to me? Is that my ch- that child is so hungry for me?" And and see to me, it's a, a form of desperation. Call a fast. Sound the alarm. Get the p- people in the house of God. Why do we always have to have prayer breakfasts with breakfast? Go ahead. Pray- Go ahead. Potlucks before prayer meetings, and it's it's always. This, this, this whole idea of food on, at every single event, and uh, we're just America. I don't want to even get into statistics on, did you know that childhood obesity has never been this high? Childhood obesity. Wow. And when my, if my children are overweight, that's my fault as a parent. Come on. They, they are forecasting now that our children will not, their life expectancy will not be greater than ours. It could actually be decreased from ours because of type 2 diabetes and all these, these health care issues that we're faced with. And, uh, so fasting also, so here's the thing, nutshell, the spiritual benefits of fasting America has stage four spiritual cancer and fast fasting can cure that. We also have physical cancer, physical ailments. Fasting and prayer can, can really help both those areas.
2: I love, too, how fasting, you know, God designed it. God tells us to do it. But in a, like, secular sense, it's healthy for the body. It's actually, yeah. people do it in the secular world. They do fasting intermittent and fasting, and, and it's healthy. It brings health benefits, but it's not that they designed it. It's something that God designed. Okay, last question I want to ask you. Um, can anybody do a 40-day fast, right? Like there's a lot of people in the comments say, I want to do a 40-day fast. Do I need to see a doctor first? It can, am I going to die? I mean, people think, you know, am I going to die? And then I want to connect this to the question as well. How do you break a fast? So can anyone do a 40-day fast? And then go into what do we do to break a fast? Specifically, like say we do a 40-day fast. Is there a special way we should break that? Should we go out and eat a cheeseburger after? Or, like what's what's the deal there?
0: Well, I mean, just off the top of my head, I would say forty-day fa- people should take it to prayer, and I don't Good. think most people. I don't think most people should start with that. I really don't, um, because <clears throat> back even in Jesus's time, you're eating lamb, you're eating fish, you're eating potatoes, you're eating the God-given, clean, very clean food. No sodium nitrates, no gli- uh, g- uh, glyphosate from Roundup, no GMO, no partially hydrogenated oils and sodium benzoates and and all these additives and chemicals that are pesticides, herbicides, fungicides. And so our body's very, very toxic. And so we have to clean it up, kind of work into it. But if God calls someone to fast, I mean, I I do know a couple of people he's called to to fast and even maybe they had some orange juice to get through the day, maybe. So I would take it to the Lord in prayer, uh, but I would say, no, it's not for everyone uh, because it does change. I mean, my wife, oh, I should have said that at the beginning. She was a huge help with the kids and taking them to different things. And Sometimes I, I was just laying in bed for three or four hours, just pressing in, God, I need to hear from you. And I, and so she was a huge support. So if people don't have that. And I've got five kids at home, all under 17. Wow. And uh, I, was st- I was still preaching. I was still doing uh, leading the church. Um, and so, no, I wouldn't recommend that. Now, depends on how long you fast. I mean, anything over a week. You have to be very careful because, and you can even look this up. It's called refeeding syndrome. You can actually really hurt your body. And I've done this before where, oh, I just start eating way too much. So on a 40 day fast, believe it or not, you're supposed to go at least a week and a half, a little bit of juice each day, a little bit of an orange for a week and a half past to break that.
2: It you're talking about
0: to break it. Yeah. And I didn't do that. I had about 800 calories on the, on my day. I broke it. And then the next day I had about 2000 and I was not feeling good and I was just depressed. It really, really jacked up my, my mood swings. Um, So you have to have just as much discipline coming out of the fast as you did going into the fast, because once, once that hunger hormone is released again, and the body says, ah, now you're like, "Ah, I just want to have cashews and I want to have more nuts and I want to have cereal and I want to have, you're just eating all day long. And so you really have to, you know, you have to just kind of minimize that. And granted, I didn't do too bad. I, I didn't feel really, I, I could have done a lot worse, but I didn't, I didn't handle that perfectly. So if you go over five, six days, you have to be very careful when you refeed and you refeed with some orange juice and a half of an orange, a couple hours later, some bone broth, maybe in some steamed vegetables, a couple hours later, and you do this very slow process. especially if you go a long amount of time is because you're, you're now your, your gut bacteria, your microbiome. And your gut and everything is slowed down. And it's like a baby, you know, you're refeeding it slowly. And it has to be, it has to be healthy, God-given food. See, that's what I have to remember about about processed food. It's it's not, it's foreign to the body. Mm. And if you just start pigging out on stuff, that's not healthy. You can really damage your body because look at, if you start eating tons of sodium, 200, 2000, 3000 milligrams of sodium, and then now your potassium is low, your magnesium is low, but your sodium is out of the roof. You could really throw off your, your electrolyte balance and really make you sick and hurt the body. So you have to use wisdom in this area as well. Again, I have this all in the in the books that are free. People can, can read and learn how to refeed the body correctly. So
2: good. I want to challenge you guys. Not only do we have his channel in the description where he goes into depth on a lot of this, has a lot of great preaching, a lot of great teaching, some documentaries there. You can subscribe down below. Also, all of his books are for free in the link down below. Pastor, I'm excited to fast. I'm excited to pray. I think everybody watching is fired up. Our goal tonight was to encourage you guys to live the life that God has called you to live in prayer and fasting. We know these things work because the Bible says they work and we've tried them. They've tested in true. We know prayer works for revival. We know fasting works for revival. I don't know about you, but I want personal revival in my life. And I know many of you watching do as well, or you probably wouldn't be on here for the last hour and a half. But Pastor Shane, would you pray us out? Would you pray for the Absolutely. people that God would touch them, that God would spark revival in their hearts, those? that are hungry for fasting god would help them with it and then just kind of pray us out
0: yes absolutely awesome lord first and foremost i want people to be encouraged i want them to be filled with hope not regret not not a condemnation but conviction and lord i pray that a mighty filling of your holy spirit will come upon those who are watching those who need to repent those who need to get this area of their life in order lord everything from pornography to gluttony to anger and pride Lord you can break this out of them via prayer and fasting so i just i just ask for a special anointing over these individuals that want to get serious with you they want to discipline their body and lord would you show them grace and mercy and love and forgiveness And they come off of this uh, video and off of this, this podcast and everything we'll be promoting. I pray, Lord, that they will come out of here filled with Holy Spirit fire. And we would see this next generation, Lord, contending for a spiritual awakening like never before. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
2: Pastor Shane, I know it won't be the last time we have you on. I really appreciate you being on tonight. Where else can they find you? Is there any other links for those of you watching on Facebook that are saying, where's the link at? You got to go in the YouTube description because it's much longer. So if you're on Facebook, go on the YouTube channel and go to the YouTube description. You'll find all the links there just because Facebook has a limit on the description, all that, but where else can they find you? Uh, Tell us real quick about where your church is located. I know we have a ton of people listening from your area, I'm sure. And so if you would let them know, that'd be awesome as well.
0: Yeah, we're actually just uh, an hour north of Los Angeles. And so we're actually in Palmdale, Lancaster, tucked away in a little uh, valley called Leona Valley. West, It's west of Palmdale, Leona Valley, California there. And uh, you can find more at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. All my articles. Uh, but if you go to the church website, Westside Christian Fellowship, all the books, that's where you can download those for free. And, uh, we'd love to help you out on this journey because it's, it's an important journey. I think once you get the physical, not under control because when nobody's perfect, right? I'm still struggling. You know, I, I want some chocolate tonight. Right. Come on. So, but it's one, one, once is you, once you begin to just put God first and begin to develop the fasted lifestyle, um, I mean, it, it is, it is life changing. It's life altering.
2: Awesome. Well, pastor, thank you so much for being on tonight. I'll definitely be texting you after the broadcast. Um, cause I want to bless you tonight as well, but thank you so much for being on tonight.
0: All right.
2: Thank you, awesome. too, Isaiah. Great
1: job. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank God you. bless. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or com. Again, my name is Luke Duncan, and I am your host of Idleman Unplugged. Thank you for listening to us today and
0: join us again
1: on the next episode.
0: Thank you for listening to Idleman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that
2: brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I